on feel especially lucky today to to be talking to James only because the logistics market in London is, is quite a scary one. But anyway, welcome, James. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, well, look, let, let's let's kind of jump straight in. So first of all, um, just ever so briefly, just maybe introduce yourself to our listeners. You know, who is James Middleton? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm from London. My name is James Middleton. I'm the, the CEO and founder of StreetStream. Uh, StreetStream is an on-demand slash same-day delivery network um, that's based around a, a website for customers uh, and an app for couriers. So what happens is that customers who want a delivery uh, will put their job on the website uh, and that will send an alert out to all the couriers with the app uh, who can then quote on jobs uh, so it's very much a marketplace for Fantastic. for individual careers that want to work for themselves. Great, great, and I mean that that sort of bring, brings brings me on to the, very quickly talking about you know how has the logistics market in your eyes uh, evolved, particularly in London over the past five years? Uh, well, there are there are several big trends going on. Um, first of all, it's the huge growth in the e-commerce market, which is measured in different ways um but it's in tens of billions the the figure i see is 80 billion um but that's growing at about 15 percent a year so it's a very fast growing market uh the the b2c market um which is now sort of complementing the traditional uses of careers the, the b2b market um one very powerful trend is towards more timely and um and more precise deliveries so the days of having to wait in all day for someone to deliver uh, I, I think you're increasingly numbered people are increasingly demanding uh, quite narrow delivery windows um, so we offer you know, 20 minute delivery slots yeah yeah absolutely um, where you know a lot of people I mean I've seen research that say that people will pay twice for a two-hour window what they pay for a four-hour window yeah yeah completely okay and the question that I, I have uh, James as well is is around the competitive of really of the market um, and, and what you see going on there. I mean, certainly food delivery is one aspect, but that's certainly not all that the delivery market has to offer, right? No, no, no not at all. I mean, uh, <clears throat> we're not involved in takeaway food at all, really. Um, that, I mean, there are obviously, there's, there's actually in, in takeaway food, there's particularly, I think, crowded delivery space. Yeah, you know, yeah, for absolutely. the likes of... Um, well, Uber Eats and Deliveroo and the, the gins and quick ups of this world. Um, we're not really involved in that. Um, and I, I would really characterize that as the bottom end of the market. That's where margins yeah. are very low yeah, uh, yeah. because the items being delivered are extremely low value. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's the area which is particularly uh, susceptible to a shakeout of some of the existing companies. Um, and also in the long run, it's a, a, a sector which is particularly vulnerable to the careers being replaced by driverless vehicles and, yeah, and yeah. such like completely <clears throat> completely and uh you know there's a, i think a lot of people kind of wonder around this you know drone delivery there's all this hype around drone delivery now how, how serious are you about uh, drone delivery <clears throat> um I, I i think drones themselves um aren't aerial drones that is are not likely to have a major role in london for quite a considerable amount of time it's just Aerial drones are great for open spaces, um, and the, the basic problem is at the moment they ha- each drone has to be flown by an individual, uh, and that individual is going to be no cheaper than a driver, a, a, a driver, yeah, yeah. and probably actually 
more expensive. Uh, so the economics aren't there. Going, you know, 10 years, I don't know, 15 years down into the future when it, with, a, with a, sort of a certain amount of artificial intelligence, these drones can fly themselves yeah, and, yeah, and avoid colliding with each other. Um, you can potentially see the you know the future of you know tens of thousands of these things crisscrossing London, but even then there are there are issues like you know do people really want to have to come out of their house in, in the rain for a drone to come down? It, to yeah, and that, that's one that all, that certainly always scares me. I, I'm just not sure whether I'd do that, and I certainly wouldn't like to open my window and maybe have it land in my bedroom. Maybe it really depends on the size, um, you know. But how how because you've obviously done fan, fantastically well with 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 Street Stream, but you know how do you stay ahead in, in such a capital intensive market as well? Um, well, we. We have uh, a particular uh, USP. Uh, I think we're unique in this respect uh, in that um, our customers are able to pick individual couriers. Um, I book an individual, he quotes, uh, on the network. Uh, and why that's important um, is that a lot of our customers um, like to be able to book the same couriers again and again because they're reliable uh, or they get to know the couriers and they get to know which ones are reliable and likable and polite. Um, and, and that's actually turned out to be the most important uh, USP we have. Yeah. It was sort of almost by an accident. Um, but that's that's really important to a lot of our customers. Uh, it, it also creates a, a virtuous circle because couriers that um, that know they do a good job for a, courier, for, for a company um, effectively it becomes their customer as well as our customer yeah, yeah, great. Um, and, uh, and it, it creates a virtuous circle so good couriers get more work uh, yeah, which yeah. really creates better behavior bad couriers get quickly get eliminated from from the yeah. network exactly exactly and and the you know something that i've always wondered is is how how you get around this problem of let's say let's say someone is looking to pick up uh, a laptop from pc world and pc world closes at 5.30 but they're, they're at work and they're not getting back till 8 o'clock how, how do you get around that problem uh, well we on street stream the customer is able to specify a, a pickup window and a um, and a delivery window um, in many cases um, you know people might you know specify a pickup window that's based around the, the closing time of a shop where something's got to be picked up um, and they specify a delivery window which is convenient to them so when they're going to be home um, a lot of our customers are actually um, more the other way around so that you know we, PC World is not a customer but we have similar types of businesses where they specify the pickup window yeah, uh, yeah. and they, they base the delivery window on when they know their customer is going to yeah. be in uh, and we've now got a, an, an API which allows integration into online e-commerce sites, Fantastic. and the you know that um, that that those hours were sort of effectively built into the, the pickup window. Fantastic, and that that was my next question around you know how how you take something um, like this and and really scale it. Um, can, we, can we dig into the API in, in a little bit more detail there? You know, how, how do you, can you maybe give us an example of the onboarding process of a client looking to use the API <coughs> and what that would look like? Yeah, so the, the API, it's a public API. Um, um, anyone that's interested, you know, I can give them the developer docs. It, it's a fairly straightforward process to add into a, an e-commerce website. Effectively, what it is, it gives you an extra delivery option at the checkout 
basket. Um, so as well as offering the, you know, the standards of Royal Mail or next day delivery, uh, you've now got this uh, option of um, your customers um, being able to select quite narrow, precise windows, which some customers are really keen to pay up for, um, and on a same-day basis. Um, so it's it's a powerful competitive advantage for our customers yeah, to, to offer that. But uh, yeah, great. I mean, let, let's kind <clears> of go. Let's kind of go a bit broader then in terms of like you know how how did Streetstream come about? You know how does how does someone decide to start a logistics business? Um, well, I I came from a completely different background. I was working in the city and was getting frankly a little bit bored of that. Uh, and at the same time, I'm a very keen cyclist, so I was cycling in and out of the city. Uh, and just seeing all the, the, the cycle careers crisscrossing, um, crisscrossing the sort of bank intersection, um, <clears throat> using technology from 1989 <laughs> as if it was still 1989. Um, and um, the other aspect was, I mean, a lot of the incumbent career companies at the time were, you know, not offering necessarily great service, um, hadn't really kept times with the with with technology. And it looked very like the minicab industry before Uber came along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was it was easy to met, to see that you know, really this we this industry could be blown apart um, by uh, new technology. And, and that's what we've seen that uh, there's us and that there's other insurgent companies that have used technology uh, to allow couriers uh, to work in a different way. Uh, to allow customers to to book in a much more democratic process. Yeah, fantastic. And you you actually have another secret weapon under your belt with Kirby, don't you? Mm. So talk to us a little bit more about. I mean, what is Kirby to start with? So Kirby is is a side product of ours. Um, uh, basically, it's an app for cyclists to get a, a puncture, um, and in the future it'll be other repairs as well. So. Um, we we obviously have a network of bike couriers, and bike couriers are extremely good at um, fixing punctures through yeah, yeah. necessity and practice. Um, and um, in addition, we'll, we're in the process of onboarding bike mechanics. So the way Kirby works is that if you get a puncture, you can say you just pull out the Kirby app, press you choose the inner tube type you need, and it automatically locates where you are, sends an alert out to anyone that's got the receiving app, which is the Streetstream app which is both for couriers and bike mechanics uh, and you can get a quote um, for someone to come to you and fix your puncture at the curbside fantastic i, I mean from a on a personal level i could i could seriously have um uh taken use of that quite a bit i mean could you, just because i know you touched on it you know earlier about you, you your prior role or your prior job was sort of city-based um and uh we are you know well fat llama uh, as well as the, the podcast very interested in, in everyone that's kind of taken the leap uh mm. how, how did that come about and really how and what advice i think would you give to to other people uh that are currently working in city roles maybe toying with an idea Oh, well, I, I actually, uh, in a sense, was lucky, and I got made redundant. Um, oh, right. I, yeah, I'd been, I'd been, I'd been making, I'd been uh, thinking vaguely about making the move to do something entrepreneurial for for some time. And you know, like a lot of people in the city, uh, you get kind of trapped because the city has a way of keeping you there by dangling another bonus in front of your head, and there's all the stock and everything like that, um, stock options and stuff like that. So it's it's expensive to walk away so yeah, in yeah. a sense i was lucky and that i was pushed um into making the psychological leap um 
and you know the the all the redundancy money and options and stuff you know came to me and so I had the capital to go and build this um, in terms of anyone that's you know, thinking actively of, of the leap I mean I would just I would I would say that um, you know research your idea uh, research your market and um, be prepared for it to take longer than you think it would yeah, yeah absolutely um, both the technologically the, the building of the technology but also you know just the process of of marketing and getting a business rolling takes more money and more effort than you ever thought it would. And yeah, if you absolutely. think you work ne- hard in the city now, you you don't <laughs> compared to a startup entrepreneur. <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't agree more. Um, so, kind of to to finalise, uh, James. Uh, you know, we really wanted to talk about probably a, a more so broader sharing economy style question. Now, that, that I'm sure you've seen that the World Economic Forum kind of released. Uh, it was actually a video um, that contained certain statements, and, and one of the statements was around people moving away from ownership uh, and ultimately people moving towards renting and and mm. still being happy. Now, as a sort of global trend, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it it will it. It will certainly go so far. Um, yeah, effectively, uh, what Fat Llama does and you know, other similar type sharing economy companies is effectively extends your, your neighbors, as it were. So, I mean, back in the day, people might borrow the lawnmower from the neighbor. Yeah, yeah. In a city like London, that doesn't really happen because people don't talk to their neighbors. <laughs> but also, um, you know, the person you need to borrow from, some might be the other side of town. Um, and, and, and your sort of product... And similar products um, effectively enable that, uh, and negates the need for ownership of certain things. Um, so yeah, I don't particularly want to own a, a three-tier ladder, but I had to borrow one recently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, that said, I you know, speaking for myself, I, 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 even though it makes no economic sense whatsoever, I still like owning my car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't necessarily want to be renting a car but maybe i'm just old you know maybe a millennial would have a very different take on that great great and talk to me um a little bit about street stream and what your customer base uh looks like i mean what is your ideal customer as well uh well (coughs) i'm not sure we really have an ideal customer um a, a, a very typical customer is someone that um is sending a, a prestige good so we're not in the sort of the, the takeaway food game really uh so for example a lot of our um our customers are sending you know, reasonably high value items uh, where they want really polite and reliable uh, punctual drivers um and, and riders so i mean we do an awful lot of stuff with um artisan artisanal foods so a lot of charcuterie uh, work for coffee roasters, microbreweries, wine merchants. We do a lot of, for example, on-demand delivery of champagne. Really? Um, yeah, um, particularly on Fridays. Um, and uh, yeah, actually on Mondays we do deliveries of detox juices. So we, oh, we, okay, we do the yeah. tox and then, the, then we do the detox. Um, uh, in addition to that, um, there's a lot of stuff which is time critical. Uh, so, for example, we do a, a fair amount of work for people uh, for companies that specialize in phone or laptop repair, where yeah. they need to, you know, <clears throat> you know what a nightmare it is if you break your phone or your laptop, you want it back as soon as possible. Yeah, of course. So they're very interested in same-day delivery. So, and, and you know, <clears throat> talking about, again, you know, driverless cars, obviously there's this huge trend. It's almost trendy to talk about driverless cars. Um, where, in reality, let's talk about now, where do you see that going? 
Uh, I, <coughs> I think the, the first area to be affected by it will be um, the what you might think of as the bottom end of the market, um, you know, deliveries of, you know, of your curries or you know, fish and chips or, or whatever, um, pizzas. Um, and you already see a trial of it's a company called Starship Technologies in Greenwich, which has these little R2-D2-like things which are you know, delivering takeaway food. Uh, and I think that will that will continue. And the next stage beyond that would be um, <clears throat> things which are a bit more tank-like, where it's, it's a, a vehicle that drives along, it's got a series of lockers, and each customer has an app to, yeah. to open the locker. Um, it, it can only go so far because uh, there are certain com- customers that will always want a more personal touch. They want a courier yep. to present an item. And, and then in the, in the B2B market, um, delivery is often actually about finding a way around loading bays and in the bowels of some office building. Yeah, and it's yeah. not ideal for a robot to be doing that, at least yeah, yeah, not for completely. a considerable amount of time. Yeah, exactly. Look, well, look, um, you know, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, it, it's been particularly interesting to hear about you and the logistics market. Um, but James Middleton, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers.